Hello and welcome to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined with the newly resurrected Pistol. I thought it was your last week, dude. What's going on? <laughs> I think Cheezo may have jumped the gun a bit. I told him it was my last Thursday podcast and he was like, well, there's no such thing as a Monday podcast. So the bells and whistles went out on the Facebook post and he was like, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. But no, um, sadly for Cheezo, um, I am doing today's podcast. Well, to be fair, in Chizo's defense, I also want to get rid of you as quickly as possible. <laughs> fair enough. I kind of want to uh, get through the rest of the season as quickly as possible, so I'll, I'll join you in that. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been great. How'd your week go? It was actually, I shouldn't say, last week went pretty well. Um, I did manage to score 2,434 which gave me a much-needed rank increase to just outside the top 1,000 now. So hopefully, um, come the end of the season, given I do have quite a few trades left, I should say, um, which is unlike me, hopefully we'll have a top 1,000 finish this year. How about yourself, JB? Yeah, I scored 2,396, which was decent. Um, I jumped up 24 places to 277. Um, I don't think any of that is relevant though, Pistol, because this week I have a massive rematch against your girlfriend in our league for the finals. <laughs> and she's probably going to knock you out as well, so it's going to be um, real sad when you lose to her twice in three weeks. Yeah, she'll knock me out and she'll also beat me in the Supercoach final, I'd say. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> uh, yeah, whoa, whoa. Back up. <laughs> we'll jump straight into the round recap after a bit of slander there. Um, and it was Adelaide beating Geelong in the first game of the round. And Rory Sloan, he's back, Pistol. For all those that own him, you can now captain him. Everyone should be trading him in. Is Sloan back or...? <laughs> You can't just trade somebody in after one game. I mean, look what happened to Bont. He played like one really good game. Everyone jumped on him, and then he hasn't been back to his best. Although Sloan looked unreal, JB, watching him. He he was tagged. He was heavily tagged by Scooter, um, and then just got... He worked him over, basically, and just played unbelievably well. Um, I wouldn't say Sloan is definitely back, but if he can manage to handle a tag like that every week, he'll certainly be well on his way to a nice average to end the year, and I think think we're going to get um, some good scores out of him for the rest of the season. And would you suggest, he's at 475k, for those that, I mean, we can talk about Rockliffe later, but if you have an underperforming primo, would Sloan be someone that you would suggest to get in for the final couple of weeks? Oh, just back up a second. When you say he was tagged, like, is that based on any statistical backing, or is that just from the eye test, what you saw in the game, or...? Yeah, yeah, he was tagged. We were watching the game. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see Scooter near him. That's because he broke the tag so well, he was just, you know, long gone. But he was tagged for like the first five minutes. The rest of it, he was just free roaming. <laughs> he still had he had work put on him uh, at pretty much every stoppage as well. So um, he saw the ball and he got the ball and that was pretty much the whole Sloan show. I'm not buying it. I reckon he's still going to get tagged next week. He's against your mob, and that means Levi Greenwood, one of the best taggers in the comp. I reckon he's going to get his measure, and it's back to sub-100 scores, which answers my question. If you're thinking you're trading him in, or as previously mentioned by myself, using your VC or C on him, I'd think again, I'd let him at least rack up another decent performance with an actual full-fledged four-quarter tag because I'm not sure he fully got that attention this week, Pistol. Well, how about Patrick Dangerfield, 142 points. He actually dropped in price, which is just crazy. You get 142 and you're like, no, I'm just going to drop 10K to 774. (laughs) 
Um, is there anything this man can't do? Well, he can't raise in price after a 142. So, I mean, that, that's one thing. But um, it was interesting listening to the commentators, and you got you got to love this. About seven times, I think it was Dermot Brereton, who we all know is just a footy genius, of course, mentioned that Dangerfield was just having one of his least impactful games of the year. And judging by his score, and I mean, if you had actually watched the game, he played so well. So I'm not sure about Brereton saying it was his least impactful. 142 in, say, his least impactful game, though, is just amazing. And honestly, there's nothing that he can't do. I think it's been two months now, eight weeks consecutively, with a low score of 141. I don't, uh, I like, go back to the, the prime Ablett days. Between then and now, I don't think there's been many safer captaincy choices, Pistol. No, not at all. He's been absolutely on fire and it's very good because I really can't be bothered working out the best captain choices every week. He makes it nice and easy. But what about this uh, form for Matt Crouch? 134 this week. Um, we did mention him last week on the podcast. He's now got a five-round average of 123. He's pretty much just scored fantastically well since like round 10 now, JB. It's, it's, he's on a massive hot streak as well. Is he someone to consider? I mean, if you can afford him now, but for, for next season even. Yeah, Matt Crouch is the type of player I'd um, I'd sort of compare to Tom Rockliffe. I mean, Tom Rockliffe when he's when he's actually playing well and not tagging, but he he's the player that gets the ball, fishes it out, and then gets the ball again. He tackles well. Um, he's just always amongst the eighteen handballs to his fourteen kicks. So the ratio is not perfect, but he just gets the contested ball, and he's he's a beast. Um, he was said to be worse than his brother Brad. But he's really just overshadowed that and gone far and beyond where Brad's at now. So um, next season, great option. Um, if you're trading out someone like Rockliffe and you've got quite a bit of bank, then great option. I, I can't see any issues with getting Matt Crouch. And um, it was kind of, it was strange that he was scoring so well when Sloan wasn't. Um, it, you could sort of correlate the good with the bad there. But 169 for Sloan, 134 for Crouch, who was Crows' second best player. I don't think there's any worries now. Crouch is a proven scorer, and I think he's a great commodity to get in your in your leagues. A, de- a big POD. So um, someone that isn't a POD anymore is 127 from Joel Selwood. Um, he had that concussion, so I wouldn't say he was ever gone, but he's if he was gone, he's definitely back now, Pistol. Yeah, no, he's a great option for the run home. He's got three more games at Simmons Stadium of his last five. Um, and he averages like 120 there or something. So he's a, certainly a very strong contender. If you need the money, you want to get rid of Rockliffe. <laughs> I keep saying Rockliffe as an example. Let's just say any other underperforming primo and you've got the trades, you've got the cash. Joel Selwood is a fantastic option. Yeah, he definitely is. And 480K is 100K cheaper than Matt Crouch. So um, just just think about that for a second. Joel Selwood would be a great option on your run home. Hugh Green would provide a great cover for those who kept Pendlebury um, with 103 this week. Zach Tui 101, which is A-OK for the owners that still have him. Rory Laird, 83. He's dipped a little bit. I think this was one of his um, one of his first games below 30 touches in a while. Um, any issues with Rory Laird or is he just going to keep ticking along at that, that sub-ton, post-ton type average? No, I think um, Led's fine. The ball, a lot of the time, was just in the Crows' forward half. I mean, there's not much to it. Sloan's a back when the ball wasn't there, JB. 
Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. He's obviously a very, very good pick and an accumulator of halfback like um, so few are in this league. Eddie Betts this week, 60 points. If you have him, he's going to miss a week with his appendix being removed during, uh, well, today I believe that was. Um, so Betts owners will just have to park him on the bench. I don't think there's too many that are Betts owners, but um, it is interesting, of course. Scott Selwood, just 46. If you've held him all this time, um, I don't think he's a good M9 anymore. I don't think he's um, an above-average M9. He doesn't even look like he's going to make that much more money. Is it time to maybe cash in on Selwood if you're looking to, to find an M9 like Beams or, or Joel Selwood? Only if you have the trades. I mean... They're hard to come by this time of the year, but no, you're right. He doesn't look like he's going to be a fantastic M9. He's 344k. He didn't quite make the money um, that people expected. Probably should have traded him when he got injured. It's easy to say in hindsight. And yeah, if you have an extra 70 or so k, I think uh, Dane Beams is probably a much better M9 option than Scott Selwood. Yeah, definitely. I'd say it's it'd be worth the trade if you've got um, around the five mark, five plus. Uh, definitely worth the trade. If you're working with less than five, um, more particularly less than three, then um, I'd probably just bite my tongue and hold him and um, pray that you get, or you, you have those trades ready for some injuries that are bound to happen. The next game in the round was Essendon versus North Melbourne. A predictable outcome in this one. Sorry, North fans. Um, Zach Merritt, 98 in a game where his team won by 27. So anything to worry about there, Pistol? <laughs> he got 33 touches. He just didn't get many um, marks or tackles, which is not really like Zach Merritt. Um, so, yeah, not much to see here. We'll just, uh, I guess, move on and he'll score better in the next game. Yeah, I would keep slandering him, but I think Neil scored a few points less than him again this week, so not a whole lot to say there. Myers was decent with a 76 if you still own him. He's got some more cash to make, and I mean, supercoach-wise, this wasn't a very enticing game. Um, it is interesting to note that popular pick Sean Higgins only scored the 82, um, 23 disposals. We've got to keep talking about him, Pistol, because he's just so highly requested by the fans. <laughs> I mean, one day when you don't have him in your team, which might be when he retires, unfortunately, I think he just <laughs> signs a new contract as well. Um, yeah, I think people are probably going to be sick of hearing about Sean Higgins in the, the near future. I doubt that'll be a thing. Um, we'll move on to the next game, and it was Melbourne beating Port Adelaide. Hibbard, 140. So that's back-to-back big scores for Hibbard, and he just looks right to go. If you still had Newman... Um, and you're tossing up between Hibbard and maybe a couple of others, say, throw Hurley into the conversation as well. Hibbard looks like a really, really high-scoring option, but he can put together those low scores as well. Yeah, I think I would still choose a Hurley over a Hibbard. Hibbard, this was his career-best game, I think, um, statistically. 36 touches, 140 supercoach points, which is massive for a defender. He's a good option. Um, he's, he might not be the best option, but he's right at the top anyway, so I don't think you can go wrong. Um, they cost really similar price. Yeah, definitely. Um, Clayton Oliver with 116, if you're still holding on to him. What a ridiculous... Um, we'll assess some of these picks in the off-season, Pistol. We'll, we'll get a podcast together and just reminisce about the season. But what a ridiculous pick Clayton Oliver has been. And then Patrick Ryder, 111. And it was good to see big Maxi Gorn hit the big ton for those who traded him in after a fortnight. So 108 for him. 
And better signs. Yeah, it was a much-needed ton for Gornons. I think everyone started to panic when he scored that 57. We're like, uh-oh, what have we got ourselves into? But the Melbourne midfield back around him certainly helped, and he got those uh, hit-outs to advantages like we thought he would get. And I'm pretty confident in him for the rest of the year as well. And he's only 455k. If you did miss out, um, he also represents really good value. Yeah, well, you haven't exactly missed out because he's still hovering around that valley that we picked him up at, um, if not less. So in this game as well, Chad Wingard, just the 59, and he'll be out for two to three weeks, it's said, with that sprained ankle, um, I think was the diagnosis. So if you're a Chad Wingard owner, it's probably time to get rid of him unless you have a really easy run in your league final. And POD Brad Ebert was able to put together a 106. So um, he's just been a really good point of difference this year. I think he has two scores below 60, uh, which were in consecutive weeks when Port was struggling. Other than that, it's all 110 plus for Brad. Yeah, he's been a really good cheap option for pretty much the whole year. So, um, yeah, last week we said you can get on um, Brad Ebert. At, oh, I can't remember how much it was, 470 or so. Um, now up to 515k, so probably getting closer to what his uh, true value is. I'm not sure um, he's going to be fantastic pick at that price range given the options around him but if you did get him um well done yeah i think he's gonna average just over 100 for the rest of the season yep definitely and luke dowhouse in our next game here it was bulldogs pumping gold coast um looked back he scored 115 he'd been down for a few weeks playing out of the forward pocket but 115 great signs from dowhouse yeah, it was, as you said, much needed. Uh, people were really worried about Dalhouse, and I think it's just a Bulldogs thing in general. When they win, these players are going to score well. When they lose, they're going to score poorly. Um, unfortunately, Bulldogs aren't the side that they were last year, so there's going to be a couple more poor scores than, than people were expecting. But, you know, it happens, and there's not much you can do. It's not like you're going to trade out Dalhouse. So, yeah, there's not, not much you can do about it. We'll just ride it out, just like um, Bulldog supporters have to ride out supporting Bulldogs for the rest of the year. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And Jack McRae put together a 108. Jared Witt's ultra-consistent with a 99. 39 hit-outs in this one as well. Um, just huge from Big Witsy. And speaking of bad scores, Bontempelli, 80. 20 disposals, 7 tackles, which is all well and good. 80. He's just not been nearly as damaging as we thought he would be. And as he started the season as Pistol, if you were like me and picked him up around that 600k mark thinking next big thing he's going to average 120... You're just super disappointed. Yeah, he's had two tons since round seven, JB. I think that's when you got him in, actually, as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was as well. So, yeah, hasn't quite lived up to the potential. It's hard. This year, it seems like a lot of the massive ball winners um, are scoring. Obviously, it sounds silly when, you say, when I'm saying it out loud. The ball winners are scoring more points. But um, it was players like Bont last year that could get, you know, 23 touches and still score 125 to finish the season. He's getting 20, 23 touches now and only scoring 80 to 90, so he's not quite doing it for champion data at the moment um, like he was earlier in the year. So he might be a, a pick for next season rather than this one. Yeah, I think he's getting very close to my never again list. I know he's young and he's only improving, but this is just frustrating as hell, and I'm sure all owners would agree with me there. No, that's um, ridiculous, JB. He's like he's 21 so years old. You're never going to get him again. Him. When he's, you don't even own him. <laughs> it's, he's going to get 27 years old. He's going to be averaging 130. He's going to win like four Brownlow medals, and you're going to be like, I told you, five years ago I put him on my never again list, so I just can't get him now. He's rubbish. <laughs> all um, right, all right. Speak, speaking of never again lists, 
Tom J. Lynch, 77 this week, which is actually not bad for him. And Pistol, is he going to your Never Again list, even though he's young? Yes, of course. I mean, JP, (laughs) he scored absolutely terribly and is a key forward. I don't know why I picked him in the first place. Um, He barely had a... I think he had three scores below 50 in his first 50 games or something like that of AFL. And now um, he's pretty much just been a very poor pick um, since getting him in. He has been injured pretty much the whole season. He's had a hip complaint. He's had a back complaint. Um, As Chizo was saying last week, he had kind of, call it minor surgery with a a large injection in his hip. And it's just affecting him a lot, which you can imagine playing injured would affect people a lot. But you've got a five-round average of 76. He's really F7 potential. He's he's not an F6 player, unfortunately. So those that have him and Nank, um, yeah, you're you're in a bit of strife. Oh, but Pistol is so young and he's got such scoring potential. In five years when he's winning eight Brownlees, 39 Coleman's and six best on grounds of the GF, you're going to be like, but he's done my never again list. <laughs> he's not, buddy. He's not. He's prob- you can't play until you're like 35. <laughs> well, um, yes. Um, speaking of buddy, it was Sydney versus St. Kilda in the next game. Callum Sinclair pretty much blew this one out of the water with 148. The next best being Savage with 107. Um, which, speaking of Savage, 27 disposals. He's taken over Robertson's role, but he's doing it really well. He's only 450k, which is one of the cheaper um, consistent defenders. Three-round average of 111 pistol. What do you think of Savage? <laughs> You asked me that last week, and I said it's a great draft pickup, but I wouldn't get him in my team. I'll stick with that this week until next week when he turns up again, and then might, <laughs> I might change my tune, but I'll be off the podcast by then anyway, so you'll never hear me admit it. Ah, well, that's that's actually kind of disappointing, but also kind of good news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> other things that happened in this game, Parker 102, he looked like he was back, and then he had a half-average score, and then a bad score, and... Narrow scoring a ton again. I think he's one to just look at um, in future seasons, not this season. Seb Ross with a 99. Another player that was uh, looking ultra consistent and then has had back-to-back average scores. Um, he's one to look at next season, definitely. Um, Dan Hatterbury is one to uh, just scratch your head out. If you started the season with him, you were shattered, Pistol, because he started so poorly. He was off the, off the alcohol. Um, he, start, he actually started off with a 52 followed by a 71 before he cracked his first ton. And and then he sort of went well. He scored a bunch of tons in a row, and now he's really bad again. What is happening with Dan Hatterbury? I have no clue. He, he was bad. He scored like eight tons in a row, and then he's really bad again. And now he scored 105 and 96, and I'm thinking, well, he might just ton up for the rest of the year. And he's going to finish with an average below 100, which seems ridiculous for Dan Hanabry. He's 462k, which seems to me like a, a great price for Daniel Hanabry, except for the fact that I don't know if he's bad or not. I just can't pick it. <laughs> um, look, you never want to start with someone who's going to average less than 100 um, as a midfielder and paying you know 620k. But if you haven't got him and you need to get rid of an underperforming premium that's not Tom Rockliffe, or that is Tom Rockliffe, um, you should probably consider Hanabry if you only have a little bit of cash in the bank. Yeah, Hanabry, um, he's just been he's been in strange form. That's probably the only way to explain it. Um, poor Hannas. And another player in this game is Dylan Robertson. He got 91 points, Pistol. We thought that he'd be in a bit of strife after a role change last week, but he's actually looking good with two um, decent scores in a row now. 
Yeah, I, I don't think he had to play a lockdown. I don't think we expected it this week, even though Sam Gilbert was out. But next week's a new story, so we'll see um, what happens. But if you're scoring nine, you're not really going to complain. No, no issues at all. Someone that you will complain about scoring 90s is Josh P. Kennedy with an 87 this week. 530k, he's obviously not going to be a trading target to many, but being an owner of JPK Pistol, what are your thoughts on him? Well, I think I'd rather get JPK than Hanabry. Um He has still <laughs> averaged 105, so it's not too bad um, for the whole season. But yeah, look, at 531k, I feel like there's players that represent better value than, than Josh P. Kennedy. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, the next two are Franklin and Heaney. Boy, Sydney have a lot of players to look at. Franklin and Heaney, they scored within a point of each other. They're within a 3K of each other, um, 86 and 85 respectively with their points. If you've got the money to upgrade Nankovis or even Tom Lynch uh, per se, Heaney, uh, I mean, I assume a lot of people are Franklin, but if you were deciding between the two, and I swear I ask you this every week, which one would you choose for the run home? Buddy has looked like he's in incredible form, but Heaney playing as a more mobile midfielder, I think um, you, you generally choose a midfielder over the key forward any day of the week, even though Buddy is a bit of a special case. Um, I think you probably would have to back Heaney, but I doubt there'd be much in it. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. I reckon I'd go Heaney um, showing that midfield price. But on the other hand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally contradict myself. I'd go Buddy Franklin. I reckon he can, the way he breaks open and can win a game off his own boot, um, he's a fourth quarter specialist. We all know that. I think Franklin shows the the higher ceiling, although he might score more around the uh, 80 to 90 range. Um, I think you're better off going Franklin. I, I can see him outscoring Heaney for the rest of the season. Um, thanks for that contradiction. Um Lloyd, with just 72 this week, um, is his role being impacted by incoming Rampy and McVeigh, etc.? Possibly, but I think this was just a case of him only getting 21 touches, which is one of his season low this year. So don't get as much ball, you don't get as many points. Um, yeah, as simple as that. Yeah, Rampy did only have the 10 touches himself and 59 points. Um, the player below him on the list here is Nick Newman with 57 points, 14 touches, 2 marks, 4 tackles. Didn't do a whole lot. If you were still running with Nick Newman, is it time to get rid of him? I'd say yes, but also um, factor in that he did get a small injury. He seemed to have dislocated his finger pretty badly, and they put that back in, so I think that affected his score for this week. At 405k, he's lost quite a lot of money, um, but he's still relatively valuable. Five-round average of 75 isn't good enough for your field, so I would definitely be looking at upgrading him now if I had the trades. Or, I mean, best case scenario, you can push him to the bench and use him as that M, uh, that D7 option. The next game on the list is Hawthorne v Fremantle, and it was Hawthorne taking this one by 52 points. Bit of a surprising margin there. Um, Jack Gunston, major talking point in this one, he was playing down back, had 35 disposals, 8 marks, and was a great intercept player. 146 super coach points. Is he a sneaky option, a Big POD option for you, all you um, league players out there that you'd look at if he's playing this um, lucrative role where he just floats in and takes those big marks. Yeah, he's been playing as a defender for the past couple of weeks and he's looked really solid doing so. Um, I think with a five-round average of 94, you probably don't have to consider him um, as 94 for your F... I guess it's okay for your F6 at 442k. It's probably acceptable. 
Um, but I think it, I'm more interested in seeing how he goes for next year. Um, just just keeping a close eye on him could be a really good defense defensive option for 2018. Yeah, no, he's shown really good form back there, and um, just for someone who's a just a great forward and a, a perfect lead up option. He showed so much, um, so much composure in the back line, taking those grabs and um, just putting it on someone's chest, exiting their fifty. Tom Mitchell just with another ridiculous performance: thirty-seven disposals, uh, seven marks, five tackles, no goals this week. Which is um, he's actually been kicking quite a few lately. One hundred and twenty-six SuperCoach points. There's not a lot you can say that hasn't already been said about Titch. If he, if you're trading out, for example, if you have Dane Zorko, who's now copping a one-week fine. Uh, suspension. I wouldn't obviously endorse trading him out, but if you needed to, to avoid a zero to win your elimination final this week, Pistol, there's no better options than Tom Mitchell, surely. No, I definitely wouldn't trade out Zorko for a one-week injury, but if I was going to lose an elimination final, I'd probably trade out someone else, but um, let's I'll indulge in your fantasy and say Tom Mitchell is the best option because, JB, he is Mr. Consistent. <laughs> yeah, a term that I actually got told to stop using on the podcast, Mister. <laughs> I know, I know. That's uh, just gonna gotta remind you suddenly while on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, now that you've brought it back to life, Connor Blakely has been Mister Consistent in the last couple of months. 119, bringing his three round average to 123, five round average to 111. Is there any other better points of difference? Although he's going at 560k now. No, we mentioned him last week as well, um, or actually a couple but he's weeks so ago. Good. We've got to keep mentioning him. I know. Um, well, we don't have to. He, he, we said last week when he had a 10 round average of 110 or something, and he's now put up 119. He just looks so good. Um, he looks like such a good option. I'm not talking about aesthetically. I mean, sure, I guess. But a five <laughs> round average of 111, three round average of 123. He's looking like a fantastic option, and he's playing incredibly well. And he's in 0.5% of teams. So he didn't even go up from last week. He's still in 0.5% of teams. Um, I guess everyone's running out of trades anyway. But if you didn't, ultimate league POD right there. Yeah, let's all trade Rocky to him. Uh, better yet, let's all trade Zorko to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably not my best suggestion. Nat 593 looks like he's back to the old five from about a fortnight ago. Lockie Neal just the 90 as well. It was in a 52-point loss. You can't really take much out of either of their performances. <laughs> I think they both played well. Both played well, Pistol. I'm not just Too smashing. many excuses for Lockie Neal, JB. <laughs> he's had a five-week average, a five-round average, I should say, of 100 points on the dot which is okay, it's so-so, it's no Zach Merritt. I'm just saying, I think Lockie Neal has now been the worst option out of the two of them. Why can't our premiums just be premiums this year? They're all scoring so bad. Oh, I'm so tired of it. Lockie Neal, you know what, 90, that's actually not bad considering I've got Bontempelli on my field. I had Rockliffe last week, he doesn't know how to score over 60. Yeah, I'm taking 90. I'm I'm calling that a win. I still think he's better than Merritt. He's gonna, he's gonna outscore him next game. I'd bet my house on it. So I don't own a house, but I'd, if I did, I'd bet it on it. So, <laughs> and um, Connor Glass for Hawthorne, eighty-four points in his debut match. The fiery redhead, priced at one hundred and seventeen k, defender midfielder. He looks so good, JB. Yeah, he looks sensational. And um, they did an interview with him, and he's got that thick Irish accent. I did not understand a word he said, but it sounded like he knew what he was talking about. So um, he looked really composed for someone who's playing their first game. Um, someone to hopefully look at um, in a few years' time. 
On to the next game, it was Richmond um, taking GWS, which um, I think surprised quite a few people, obviously none of the Richmond fans. But Dustin Martin, 150 points in this game. The dude just goes big, doesn't he? If there's anyone that you can say, okay, Dangerfield's probably higher than him, but if there's any other person that you can say that just goes huge at at any opportunity, it's got to be Dustin Martin. Or Rory Sloan. No, it's Dusty. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Dustin Martin, he's been an unreal pick this year, averaging 116, definitely taking this game to another level. Um, he had a break-even of like 154 or something like that, so he nearly got his break-even as well. He's not going to drop much lower at all than 570k. His break-even's only 81 now, so if you don't have him, you've probably missed the boat by now. Yeah, um, he's he's just ridiculous. He's someone that a lot of people were sceptical to start due to the lack of forward status that he did have last year. And like Robbie Gray the year before that and Dangerfield the year before that, they tend to still do well in the midfield. So um, a crazy season from Dusty and it rewarded everyone who has picked him. Josh Kelly scored well with 103. He's actually really consistent as well. Um, and then you scroll a little bit down pistol and you see Toby Green. 84 points, but now missing two um, two weeks for suspension. And this is just such a common thing with Toby Green now. I'm wondering when it's going to click for him and when he's going to become a gettable super coach option because it's not right this second. He keeps getting suspended. Yeah, it's a, a tough one. There's only five weeks left and he's missing two of them. So he's only going to be playing three weeks. I, I'm not sure if he's even worth holding, to be honest. There's, there's basically no time left, and it depends on your coverage. If you have Greenwood, you can probably hold, but if you're relying on someone else other than that, I think it might you might be forced into trading at this time of the year, especially with finals coming up, and you can't really afford to lose your finals match if you care about your finals league. Um, so for me, if you have the trades, probably Gonski, unless you're going for rank overall, you've got Greenwood's cover, you probably can afford to hold. I do want to say, JB, you did skip over POD, um, who's been in fine form lately. Callum Ward, 570k, not cheap at all anymore. He has a five-round average of 120. Um, he hasn't had any like massive games, but he's just been very consistently good. Um, 2.5% of teams, certainly someone to watch out for. Yeah, definitely. Do you know why his scoring has just suddenly spiked? Because he was, he was really bad at the start of the season, and then it just went bang, and he started scoring 110-plus one, one every single week. Um, I think he actually started listening to the podcast and realized that people were like trash, trash talking him, and he decided yeah. like, "Yep, yeah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that anymore." So he's just um, gone up another level. I, I assume he had some sort of injury that we weren't told about um, that was affecting him because it's just been a crazy transformation. I mean, he got 37 touches and he was very, very good. So um, yeah, just just completely out of nowhere. I assume he's recovered from some ailment that we didn't know about. Well, hopefully Shaw does the same. He had uh, a classic Shaw game with 17 kicks, zero hand passes. 82 supercoach points is just not good enough, even for a D6 spot. Um, 82. He's 436k, so he's not at a lucrative price anymore. You can't switch him out for um, for too many other premium defenders straight swap anymore. If you still had Shaw and had four or more trades, do you just need to dump him? I don't know. It it might be a bit too a little bit too late. There's only five weeks left. You're not really going to be losing too many points unless you're you're missing one of the the really big players. Um, you know, like a, a Laird or an Adams or a Doherty. I think it's probably worthwhile just holding him and using that trade on eventually when the restings happen and save yourself a zero. 
Well, exact same question, but change it to Toby Nankovic. He had that role change. He obviously prospered last week with it with a 90-plus, although we are now considering that to be a bit of a fluke game because just the 54, which was kind of expected, um, the good, the only good news to come out of that was Ivan Soldo had 32, so I can't see him have been too favourable in the coach's book. 54 from Nankovic, if he had three or more trades, do we desperately need to get him out of our teams? I think it's probably wise to move him to F7. However, if is going to be dropped, um, which I think that's probably likely given Nanks had his rest now, um, without having to play as the main man in the ruck, he's probably going to score well for the rest of the season, JV. So um, as a sole ruck, he scores fine. I expect him to be the sole ruck um, in the coming weeks. So I don't think it's a desperate move to trade him out. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. And I think if you can move to F7, that would be a better option. And if he's stuck as F6, if he's playing as a sole ruck, then I don't think I'd be too concerned. Yeah, I tend to agree. When he is that sole ruckman, he gets at least 80 pluses rather than post, uh, sorry, pre-60s or whatever you want to call it. Um, we'll jump into the next game, and it was your mob versus West Coast. Do you want to take over here? We can start with Jeremy Howe, who was a POD pick for you a few weeks ago. No, let's start with Jordan Dugowie, because he was unreal, Jamie. <laughs> he just lit the game up, basically, in the second half, and he just was kicking goals from all angles, and it was a great comeback win, and thank you for letting me get through that. Um, I mean, we're not really going to recommend people get Jordan Dugowie, but you can keep him on some sort of watch list as a forward. Five-round average of 96 um, next year. Take a solid look at him, I think. Um, Jeremy Howe, as you said, 26 touches, 9 marks, classic Jeremy Howe game, 114 supercoach points. I think he kicked it out in the full 4 or 5 times as well. So um, quite a few clangers. He could have gotten a bigger score. I still think he's a good option for the rest of the year um, and happy that I do have him. Jeremy Govan looked immense with 104. He's at 481k, 5-round average of 103, so a bit of a POD pick, only 4% of teams. Taylor Adam continued to be just the best, basically, the best or second best, I should say, um, defensive option, 474k, 103 points, and average of 103 JB. How about that? So, in short, you were happy with the Collingwood win. <laughs> that, um, Yo missing the goal to win the match, um, so he lost them the match, and still managed to score 98, also made me quite happy. Um, Trelaw missing the ton this week with only a 95 he's not looking like that 110 um, average mid that we thought he would be at the beginning of the year JJK bounced back with a big 95 he's only 428k JB and he has home games against Brisbane and was it Carlton in the next two so um, he could go absolutely bonkers against them he is definitely someone that you should consider if you're running low on funds um, for an F6 position, what do you think about that call, JB? Yeah, can you compare him to maybe Heaney and Buddy for me? Because they're a similar price, a little bit more expensive. And I think JJK mounts a very, very good case for being a better pick than them. Look, he's 70k um, cheaper. So that's, I'd say, quite a considerable uh, amount. I think I would back in um, JJK. Sydney have actually quite a difficult draw to end. They play a lot of the top teams. Um, doesn't mean they won't score well, but I wouldn't be expecting you know a 160-point game, whereas JJK it really could kick 10 goals um, against both of the, those uh, Carlton and, and Brisbane Lions sides, and I think he could score you know 
two games above 160 even um, in the last five. So I think I'd prefer him in 70K over a buddy. Yeah, good call. Um, it's it's going to be a tight run home. I don't think that's an incorrect choice, but there's just a bit of money saved there if you end up going the JJK route. Um, we'll jump into the last game now. It's Brisbane versus Carlton. And in many ways, this game was very good and very bad for almost the whole entire competition. So we'll start off with a very good, and that was Dane Zorko, 142. He's really really bounced back after that poor um, tagged effort that he had last week. Dane Beams, 131 if you took the punt on him at a very, very discounted price. Um, he, he looked excellent. He had 30 disposals, 10 marks, 3 goals, which is exceptional. Um, and then Cruiser had 128. He's gaining in popularity each week. Doherty, 110. And even those who have Stefan Martin, 104. So that pretty much wraps up the good. Um, unless you want to chuck in with it in there with 86, who just he looks so so solid as an option. Um, as you you could use him as your D7 or your M9 at the moment if you don't really have um, met many other choices. He's just been great and very very consistent. And then you scroll pistol and you scroll and you keep scrolling until you see 57 from a man who is now 411k. And that's Tom Rockcliffe. Ten disposals, five tackles actually redeemed his score. And he was tagging one Bryce Gibbs who scored 45. So <laughs> it was a successful tagging effort, which is worse. He's going to be doing it for the rest of the season. Uh, what do we do? It's That is poor when you've got a midfielder playing pretty much in the midfield for the entire game as well. He wasn't really like resting back or forward. He was in the guts and he got ten possessions restricting his opponent to eight possessions. Um, that's bad news for Rockcliffe owners. Uh, we are probably going to have to trade him out if he's going to be a tagger for the rest of the year, which I imagine his shoulder's still not 100%, so he'll be get given that role again. That's that's low, 57 for a primo mid. That's not what you want. I pretty much would rather play with it in every week than Rockcliffe. Um, for me, he's gone. Uh, if you want to move him to the M9, Go for it in hopes that he can, you know, bounce back with five hundred and thirties for the end of the season. I just honestly cannot see it happening. I'd rather trade him out to, you know, somebody cheap. Um, if you have a lot of money in the bank, obviously you can get a better option. But otherwise, Dane Beams eight k more. It's still risky because it's Brisbane option. But Beams is playing way better football than um, Rockcliffe. And I think if you keep scrolling down, you can find Liam Jones, JB. <laughs> I don't know if he's 100% relevant, Pistol. Uh, that's all right. I just wanted to mention Liam Jones. Would you say to people that they should trade out Tom Rockliffe? I know last week you suggested to trade out Rockliffe before Rory Sloan. I said the opposite. Do you regret that? <laughs> well, considering you just said it, I told people to trade out Rockliffe before Rory Sloan. Uh, no. no, I do not. Uh, do not, and I feel like you would um, no, wrong way around. Your decision, wrong way around. And that's just terrible advice, Pistol. But I don't expect much less from you. Um, the only <laughs> bad thing, the only possible bad things that could have made Rockliffe's tagging effort worse are a, <laughs> the player that he restricted did really bad. And B, his team actually won, and both of those things happened. So it's all bad news for Rockcliffe. There is no reason, and I mean no reason, to hold on to Tom Rockcliffe well, at all. 
it probably would have been worse if the player he was tagging did really well. <laughs> because... No, because then at least they took him off the tagging role and said, go get the ball again because you suck at tagging. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But um, he did well. He was oh, a no. successful tagger. It has not been um, a good couple of trades. I know a lot of people brought in Gaz and then the week after brought in Rockliffe um, <laughs> like five weeks ago. <laughs> That's just season killers right there. Do you know what's worse? If those people then traded Gaz to Cribs. <laughs> That's and then right. Crips to Zorko, he's now suspended for a week. Yeah, that is an unfortunate run. Um, but, you know, this happens to everyone except probably the person that wins. And that's just the difference between winning and, you know, coming 1,000, basically. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I'm not even sure how I'm inside the top 300 still. My team is uh, It's getting to a point where I look at it and just go, well... There are three good players on this team and everyone has them, so I'm not sure where the points are coming from. It's been such a crazy season. Um, we'll jump into... We'll, we've really discussed the bigger talking points, but considering it's been a short-ish pod thus far, we'll, we'll touch on them a little bit more in detail. Um, that was our Rocky chat. Train him out at any cost. Um, what about Pendlebury? If he's not in this week and you're now going to cop something like a zero for Dane Zorko because he's suspended... Um, what would your move be there, Pistol? Would we be trading out Zorko or Pendlebury? Look, I don't think that you can cop a zero or afford to cop a zero at this time of the year. So if you are going to do that, I'd probably trade up Pendlebury. Well, I definitely would trade up Pendlebury before Zorko just because, one, Zorko actually can score. Um, Pendlebury was in terrible form before his injury anyway, so you may as well ditch him if you have to. Obviously, if you're not copying a zero, I'd rather field a Witherden-type player um, and save the trade because I think Pendlebury will probably be back this week, if not this week, the week after. Um, Zorka's obviously only suspended for one week, not two, so he's definitely going to be back. Um, Options at that price, JB. It's really hard this year with the, I guess, the forward, not the forward, the midfield options um, that we expected to do well haven't done well. Um, Who would your top... let Let me hear your name... Three kind of let's say semi outside the box um, midfield picks that you consider for the the run home. Okay, so <clears throat> my first one, and I mentioned him last week, and um, I think Chizo sent out a few emails on my behalf with my name on them, <laughs> mentioning <laughs> him last week, which is okay because he scored well. Um, my first would be Brad Ebert. I spoke about him earlier. He's um, he seems to be in really, really, really good form. So um, his price is a little bit, um, a little bit deceiving. You'd think, why is he down so low? He scored back-to-back fifties. Other than that, I mean, have a sus. It's it's been a really good season, um, underrated season by Brady, but thus far. Um, another option for me would obviously be Beams. I mean, it's not really outside the box, but he's just a, a brilliant and cheap option. Um, the only problem is he's so injury-prone, which is I mean, it's a big issue, but I mean, what are we trading in here? Someone that's a 411k, pretty much. And then lastly, my third outside the box option is probably going to be if you've got the money to spend up a little bit, Mitch Duncan, someone that's gone um, under the radar a lot. He's got a three round average of 119, five round average of 109. He has actually been super consistent lately. Um, he's got a couple of scores below the ton, but they're they're high, high. Um, 90s, and he's shown his ceiling with 144 just three weeks ago. So um, he can score with Dangerfield and Selwood scoring well as well. So 
Um, I think he's a very good third-string midfielder in that team and will fly under the radar of Taggers um, always. He's just a class player. Um, who would be your best three um, outside-the-box options? Well, you, you took my Mitch Duncan pick, so now I'm, I'm a bit cut. Um, that's one <laughs> less person that, that I can recommend. Um, I, I think uh, we, we did mention Matt Crouch. I think he would probably be my number one um option obviously if you don't have dusty or something at 570k i'd probably take it take him before matt crouch but matt crouch is right up there i'd take matt crouch before josh kelly for example um i think he's just in fantastic form and he's there's nothing to stop him for the rest of the season um ollie wines is only 495k he didn't have a great week last week but i still think he'll average lower hundreds for the rest of the year which is good enough um it's better than a zero anyway and well, you pretty much stole my Mitch Duncan pick, so I didn't really have a third one um, available. I think uh, I did mention Ward. He's pretty expensive. I don't think I'd pay 570k for him, but I've run out of that third pick, so I'm going to have to go with um, Ward. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about Seb Ross? He's been in really good form this year. He's only 540k. Um, he's shown a very high ceiling. Both of his three round and five round averages are over 100. He's just shown a little bit of inconsistency. Yeah, I'm I'm still not 100% convinced by Sabarasso. He's not the cleanest ball user. And um, the major thing for me is that he's only got two games um, at Etihad Stadium and two at MCG left after the Adelaide Oval this week. Um, it's kind of a, a bit more of an unknown at MCG. He hasn't really played there that often in the past, although he has actually scored quite well there in the past. But he hasn't even played there um, this season. So that's kind of a bit more of a gamble Um I don't think I'd be willing to, to take a punt on that. Obviously, I guess more inside the box thinking Lockie Neal is like 20k cheaper. I'd probably prefer to still go him than, than the Severos. He's had a 36, a 99, a 94, an 88, and another 99. And they are his sub-ton scores for Severos. So um, he's probably been better than most people. That 30 was in the first round as well. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, he's probably been a little better than people have thought, but I mean, again, if we're gonna go inside the box, Joel Selwood's just obviously a no-brainer <laughs> option. So um, <clears throat> there are some good picks there. I noticed neither of us mentioned Sloane, so just to just to reaffirm there, the trust is not back with Sloaney. No, um, I mean, I'm happy I have. Well, I'm not actually happy I'm having. I'm still still <laughs> salty about it, but. Especially trading him at, at like 650k or something. Um, no, I'm I'm upset that I have Sloan, but I'll take his good score and hopefully there's plenty more to come for the rest of the season to make me feel a little bit better. <laughs> well, I hope there isn't because I don't have Sloan. Um, and that pretty much does those options. If you've got Nank and Lynch, I think the best advice is try to get them to F7. Hopefully you don't have both of them, otherwise you're probably ranked around where Pistol is. Um, and Ouch. I just had to throw that in there. Was there anything Cancer Council related happening in the last week? There would have been a couple of donuts with no pendles. Oh, there would have been a couple of donuts, but unfortunately, uh, no donations for the uh, Donate for Donuts. Um, it's pretty much wrapped up. Uh, we haven't got a donation in quite a long time. Um, since my birthday, actually, <laughs> two weeks ago. But no, there hasn't been another donation um, since then. But, you know, there's plenty of restings to come, JB, at the end of the season. Um, pretty much you're going to get everyone being rested, I'm sure, and there'll be donuts galore. And whilst it's a sad time for super coaches, hopefully it's a, a happy time for the Cancer Council um, yeah. with the donations. 
Yeah, and look, it's it's been a great season for us um, in almost every regard, and especially Cancer Council. We did break our own um, record from last season. So it's to, just, again, to all those that have donated, it does not go um, unseen, doesn't go unappreciated, and um, just another huge thank you. And we'll thank you again at the end of the season. Um, we throw in as many plugs for the donators as we can because it's just it's a huge effort, it, even a dollar. So whatever you can find, a bit of shrapnel on your desk, whatever it is, it's, it's really appreciated. Um, and that'll pretty much do us for the week unless you have any closing bits of advice. Yeah, if you have um, any questions, don't forget, you can always email us at drscpod at gmail.com and Cheezer will make sure to respond signing off with JB's name again. <laughs> Only if he's mentioning um, points of difference that might fail. Um, <laughs> I reckon he's going to go back and me- uh, email all the Brad Ebert owners um, and just be like, no, sorry, that was Cheezer because he did score a ton. <laughs> it's Otherwise a no risk. It's foolproof. It. He, can't, he can't get anything wrong if he's just putting a name <laughs> at the it's, end of it. It's a win-win situation for him. Uh, for me, my, my name's been thrown out there quite a bit, so hopefully my reputation survives. That's why I didn't thank- you didn't have one anyway. <laughs> oh, jeez. I thought I'm in true. I'm ranked 277. Where are you again? Oh, no. It uh, it's, takes multiple seasons to build a reputation, so <laughs> so don't worry about that. You've got, you've got a couple more to go. Okay. We won't mention past seasons either then. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Well, obviously, um, check, out, check out the Facebook page. Don't check out the Facebook page. Keep that. Um, and <laughs> give us a comment on the post. We usually get to all of them, or cheese will, and write my name on it. Um, chuck us a comment on SoundCloud a rating on iTunes is much appreciated it helps people find us um, we've been doing well with iTunes lately so all those that have rated us much appreciated and we'll, I will talk to you Thursday with Chizo because um, Pistols are banning us <laughs> well thanks very much uh, for having me this season community I will be back next season and hopefully your finals go very well and you finish strongly and there's not too much carnage uh, see you later community Aww.